With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Sassy Spirituality. If you're returning or here for the first time, I am so excited to be sharing digital sacred space with you. Before we officially dive into the depths of the conversation, allow me to formally introduce myself. I am your host, Tierney C. Jordan. I am the Sassy Spiritualist. I'm a public theologian, digital content creator, consultant, writer, and preacher. Through a sex-positive, Afrocentric womanist lens and approach to all the things I do here, I am here to help you embrace the sassy aspects of your spirituality. My work centers liberation, justice, and wholeness for all, and I am super glad you are here. What is sassy spirituality? I'm so glad you asked. Sassy Spirituality is a digital sacred space that allows us to explore how our spirituality can be saucy, autonomous, soul-searching, sensual, and yearning. If you're interested in a liberated approach to all things spiritual, you are in the right place. If you hear something that resonates with you, we would love for you to join the conversation online by using the hashtag SassySpiritualityPod. Welcome back to another episode of Sassy Spirituality. I am super excited to have with us today in this digital sacred space, Tiff. She's here with us in the Sassy Spirituality community. And so the churchy black girl on the inside of me is like, I don't want you to read her bio. Let her tell you who she is. And so I'm going to invite Tiff to introduce herself to us and let us know a little bit about what she does and who she is in the world. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Tiffany Brooks. Um, Depending on the space that I am in, it is Reverend Tiffany Brooks. Um, I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, My dad is Jamaican. My mom is American. Um, I do a lot of work in education. 
Um, I went to Wesley Theological Seminary for my master's in divinity degree. I went to American University for my master's in education. I went to the University of Maryland for undergrad. I've done and been graced to be able to engage in a lot of amazing work helping other people. Um, and so that's just a little bit about me. You know, we talked about not giving biographies and being informal just because we care about people's souls. So that's what I'm here to do, not run off my resume. <laughs> she said, we're going to talk about soul work. We're not going to talk about how great I am, even though she is great. And we could do that, but that's not what we're going to do today. <laughs> awesome. And so um, we're going to jump right in. Let's let's go straight for the sassy and the spiritual. Um, so do you consider yourself to be a spiritual person? And if you would, tell us a little bit more about that journey and how you arrived to your current relationship with spirit and spirituality. Cool. So um, I am big on words and phrasing. So you know, for me, I thought about spirit, spiritual, spirituality. Um, for me in particular, I've always um, had this interest in knowing that everything we do, we're always looking on the outside. You can't look inside your body. The only time you can see your own face is via a mirror or give someone else's description. Uh, or someone gives you a description of what you look like. And, you know, sometimes they may not be accurate or they could be accurate. Everybody eyes is different, right? Yeah. Um, either way, none of us are looking from the inside. We're always looking out. So that is where my first, so that's where my journey first began. As a child, like, hey, I'm moving around and, you know, I feel like I'm always looking on the outside, but I can't see myself. And I was a very curious child and I grew up in church. So I was like, I can't even see myself. So what's that? And so, you know, asking questions, you know, while people have different definitions, in short, spirit, non-physical part of us, our emotions, our character, those things that house how we function in the world. And this is the body that carries that spirit, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to engage in the world. And so my relationship with spirit and spiritual spirituality <laughs> is really based in the practices that I engage in that keeps me connected for me, not just for my spirit, but my spirit connected to the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, the spirit of the Lord. So um, in prayer in journaling in meditation and silent prayers and silent retreats and sometimes just watching Netflix all day. Right. <laughs> Come on. Mindless television is, is spiritual. Okay. Right. I mean, because, you know, I think we tend to forget that, that we are spirit. And so we have to feed what is spirit. And oftentimes what our physical, our bodies are uh, showing is what is going on in the inside of us. And so if we were hollow beings and there was mm -hmm. nothing happening inside, then there's no physical representation. Like we don't see physical representation of, representation of hollowness, right? Because hollowness means a lack of existence, means an emptiness, means a heart, you know, it has these different connotations. So that's what I think about. I hope I answered your question. Because you did. <laughs> you did you did and so you said um you mentioned silent retreats and silent prayers and so that concept is still foreign to me like 
mm-hmm. too much silence makes me a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so since we are different in that way, could you tell me a little bit more about how that's helpful and meaningful to you? Because I still, I'd be wrestling. I'd be like, um, quiet. What am I supposed to do? Well, silent retreats. So um, it took me a while to get there. I, it took It took practice. And so going back to, the journey to arriving with spirit and spirituality practice. And so what I would say a silent retreat is that time that I take to not do all the talking. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord knows what I need and I trust that. And so oftentimes while I will know, like while I'll know what I want to pray for, sometimes I just sit and I'll ask the Holy spirit, Hey, what is it that you want to say, say to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, What is it that you want me to hone in on? What is it? And this is for me how I build relationship and maintain relationship. I know God knows all things and knows all the answers, but to build a relationship with someone, you got to be in communication with them. And so for me, it's like, okay, God, what's your desire for me? What is, what would you have me to talk to you about? Um, And so that requires listening Um, oftentimes in the world we flow, there's a lot of distractions happening. And so you don't always hear. And so silent retreats or silent prayer, silent meditation is me literally taking that time to say, okay, God, what is it that you need me to hear? What is it that I have missed because of all the distractions? Like I said, it takes practice. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't jump out the gate and was like, I'm solid for fit for 15 hours, right? Like, or I'm even silent for 15 minutes. It started with like, all right, I'm gonna try one minute, then I'm gonna try five minutes, then 15 minutes. And the more that I engaged in it, it became that I stopped. Um, I stopped even realizing that time was flowing by. So I had to like put a timer because I'm in silent retreat and I gotta go to work. And I was like, I don't know how I explain it to people. I'm late to work because I I was I was in silent. I was being quiet. That's why I'm late. Where I was in silent meditation with the Lord, and you know I work in the secular. I work in the secular world, so I imagine me going to my nine to five. They can be like, "Oh, so you late? Your reason is you late because you late. Got it. You late because you were silent? Was you asleep? Like, did you oversleep? Like, where were you? Did you hit snooze one too many times? (laughs) Exactly. I'm, I'm confused. And so it just took practice, right? And then it became so a part of me that I didn't even have to schedule it. Like if I'm at work and it's lunchtime, I'll eat in silence. Um, Sometimes if I'm driving in the car, radio off, everything off, and I'm driving in silence because I am working towards and still working towards being sure that I hear the voice of the Lord at all times and in everything. And so that is what, a silent retreat is and that's what it can do and does for people yeah that's awesome it sounds like you use that time intentionally to listen and hear from God mm-hmm. and we all do that in different ways and silence seems to be really helpful for you so I'm gonna see if I can I don't know child I'm gonna have to start with the one minute and see if I can if I can make it I know I can't just go out the gate with 15 so we're we gonna see what it does for me yeah, 30, I mean even if you do a little quick little 30 seconds something Mm-hmm. Yeah, seconds. Just turn my little brain off and be like, all right, here we go. What are we here? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Just try a little bit. Maybe 30 seconds ain't enough time. But you know, God will meet you where you are. Right. I got just start. That's that's what I that's what I got. Just start. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, okay, so here at Sassy Spirituality, Sassy is actually an acronym. And so it stands for Saucy, Autonomous, Soul Searching, Sensual, and Yearning. And so we're exploring what it means to have a spirituality that encompasses all of these elements. So if you think about your own personal spirituality, um, which word or two words resonates the most with you and why? So I would say autonomous. Ooh, that's a, one of those strong words for a New York. Ooh, for a New Yorker. <laughs> autonomous. Right. How to get it and yearning. And so for me, when it comes to autonomous, I say that because throughout my entire life, people have always said that I walk to the beat of my own drum. Mm. Um, and, you know, that has its own connotations, but I always have to remind people, yeah, but I'm not the one. Um, I might have my own drum, but I'm not the one beating it. The Holy Spirit is guiding me to where it is that I need to go. So I do walk to the beat of my own drum because it's my drum that the Lord has given me and the Lord is the one doing the beating. Oh, right? so you came to preach. You you came to preach on the podcast. My God, that's good. That's good. And saints, uh, when I say beating on the drum, playing the drum, okay, let's, you know, you know, people be like, oh, she said beating, a little bit beating her. No, that's not what I said. Jesus. What I said was the Lord be playing the drum that gives me the rhythm for how I move within the world. Clear it up for the people. Clear it up. Clear it up. And, you know, I have to because people just, mm, you know. They be running. They be running with it. Ready. And they'd be like, that's not what I said. Um, but I say autonomous because I've always asked questions. My entire faith journey was because I've asked questions and I've always sought out the answers to those questions. Um, and not all of them have been answered and some of them are still being answered and some have been answered. And then I would say yearning because I always have this deep yearning to be connected with Christ in everything that I do, whether it is me crying like, Lord, yo, forgive me because my mouth is reckless or <laughs> whether it is like, oh, Lord, guide me to what the next step or the decision is or whether it's something as simple as like, yo, God, what are we doing today? You know, and I always have that yearning in whatever space I'm in, whether I'm working, whether I'm preaching, whether I'm engaging with my friends and my family, it's always how can I ensure that in every space that I enter into, that I am my most authentic self, but that I am not doing it without Christ attached to it. Because people have seen different air quotes, variations of who Christ is. Mm -hmm. And you're like, whoa, that, that definitely ain't it. And so I'm conscious and aware of like, if I say I represent Christ, which Christ am I presenting? Am I... Mama. My Which mind, one am I presenting? And I want to ensure that I am walking in alignment to the Holy Spirit, that I am presenting the right Christ, right? Because people have their variations of who Christ is. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I flow with this Christ y'all created. That's mm. very Eurocentric. and That only ain't the Jesus I know. That ain't the Jesus I know at all, <laughs> right? Like that only... The Jesus you know only cares about a certain subset of people. That's weird to me. And so I have to ensure for me that I am embodying the Christ that I say that I serve and that I preach about. Because if not, then I'm a hypocrite, I'm a liar, and I'm fake. And we got enough of that. And I don't want to be that. We got enough of that. And I don't want to be that. Come on. I Yes. And so two things came up for me. 
One is that both of your words led to authenticity. So you talked about how you walked to the beat of your own drum being authentic. And then you talked about yearning for the Christ that is representation of you being fully authentic. Like, you know, I'm going to live out my walk. I want to represent Christ, but I also want to be myself. Right. So those two things have to go in tandem. And so I thought that was really cool. And then one thing that you said about autonomy you at you talked about asking questions and you said that some of the questions get answered some of the questions haven't been answered and i think that's something that's really important to sit with is is that god the divine spirit isn't going to always answer our questions when we want them to be answered and so what do we do with those unanswered questions what do we do with those questions that take a little longer to answer to take a little more deep thought and so those two things just really stood out to me it's it's being authentic and it's sitting in the in the sometimes uncomfortable nature of having those unanswered questions. Yeah. 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 God be, God be out here guiding. And so, you know, God be guided for real. Right. It comes, it's a process. It's a journey. It is. Yes. And so tell us about a time. Um, it could be book, podcast, poem, sermon, you know, et cetera, all of the things um, that helped you to embrace the autonomy, the authenticity, um, and the yearning parts of your spirituality. So you can do both. You could do either. Um, but those were the words you chose. <laughs> You're like, those are the words you chose. Don't just <laughs> saucy all of a sudden. Right. <laughs> go with what you go with what you said. Um, so for this particular question, since you said since the question was phrased around time, I'm gonna answer it from that perspective if you don't mind. Cool. Um, so a time for me was when my mother passed away, actually. I was 20 years old, I was a junior. In undergrad, um, I actually just started my junior year. So she passed away, like, maybe, like, I would say, like, two weeks into classes. Um, and that's when I really had a lot of questions, for real. Like, that is when the autonomy and the yearning came for me. It was like, I got... What you up to? Took my mom. Like, and, it, you know, it's not... Some people have different relationships with their parents. Um, for me in particular, my mom was my role doll. You, you know what I'm saying? Like both mm -hmm. my parents, besties, okay? Like my dad currently still one of my favorite people in the entire world. I love him to no end. I am a daddy's girl through and through. That's what's up. To my mother, my God, Karen was my bestie. That was the sis. Like at the age of like 18, 19, I was still like wrap my arm around my mother's arm and be like, sis, where you going? I'm going too. Right. You go, you go nowhere without me. And you know, I'm not an only child. So that's the crazy part. But you know, <laughs> people tell you I act like it. And it's okay, right? It's all right. Um, but it was when my mom passed. I had a lot of questions. And I had a yearning and I was trying to search. I was like, and that yearning was for that connectedness to God, but it was a different kind of yearning. It was one of those back to the questions. Um, hey, why? Like what? And you know, you got people that's quick to be like, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, hey, at 20, I'm not trying to hit it. I have a life ahead of me that I have to navigate without my mother. Yeah. And I am a young woman. How do we do how do we do this? And I remember and I'll I'll give parts of what what the Lord revealed to me. Um, that's how I got to the place where I stopped using um he she 
pronouns interchange. I started using it interchangeably and then I stopped using them all together because my question was, I need a mom. God, I need you to be my mother, my mother. And, you know, while I still have my physical father here, which is great and dope, I've all I've learned about you in, in theology and theological spaces and churches is that you're a guy, <laughs> is that you're a man, but you're a spirit. Interesting, right? Mm. I have some questions, but the base of it was I need a mama. How how am I going to navigate life without my mother, my my womanhood? How do I navigate that? I need you to be a mom. And that's when things started before even seminary. That's how things started changing for me. I started reading, asking questions, doing research. And I was like, oh, okay. I have a different understanding of who God is as spirit and who Christ is as man and spirit. Like, you know, now we start really seeing ourselves in the word. And that yeah. started seeing myself in the word and being able for the word, not being able, but for the word to be made more alive to me, still having questions, still asking God why, mm -hmm. still having answers rolled out to me that may not be uh, that are for me. You know, some people, they might be like, no, it's crazy, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I know what me and the Lord then talked about, about right. that. And I'm going to leave it where it is unless I'm given the green light to, to, to discuss it. But essentially, that's how my autonomy and yearning really started to, like, shape and mold my thinking of who Christ is to me and who I am in relation to who Christ is and the three and one in general. Yeah. And I think it is so well, first of all, thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing that part of who you are with us. We do not take that lightly. We appreciate your story and your honesty and you being here in your full and true self. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and I think it is I think it's so interesting how the events that happen to us in our lives shape us in those ways. Right. Because how much different do you see God? How much different do you read the Bible once you see yourself in God? And you see yourself in the Bible. And I think we all come to that realization at different points in our lives, you know, just based on how we show up in the world, based on how things are taught to us. For, you know, certain people, it's real easy. If you was born a man, you see yourself in the Bible all the time because that's how people present it to you. But for those of us who are women, for those of those people who are queer, like, you know, it takes a little bit more work for, for us to see ourselves in the Bible and in the divine, because we have to do the digging, we have to do the reading, we have to be in communities that allow us to ask those questions and come to those realizations. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, that was, that was a beautiful story. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it took, it, you know, it took a while for me to be able to fully put words to what was happening. Like I couldn't, like people would ask, I'd be like, man, I don't I don't know. I'm still trying to figure life. I'm still trying to figure me out. Ask me, ask me. I remember one time I did tell somebody, ask me when I'm 30. Well, now we're here. <laughs> 30 is getting closer and closer for me. And I thought I was going to be like real life adult by then. And I'm not convinced because child, what? No. My dad reminds me all the time. You are still young. I'm like, what are you talking about? I am 31 years old. He was just like, yes, let's calculate. You graduated college at 22. 
How that much? Is, right. In a long time. You still, you still an adult. In, you in third grade. <laughs> right. You a toddler of adulting. Oh, like you still a child in this adult world. Right. I was looking at him like, I mean, I feel like you saying that because we're your ages in relation to my age, but that's perfectly okay. And it's so funny because the older and older I get, the younger my parents seem. I'm like, oh, okay. So when I thought you was ancient at 30, like, oh, you're not ancient. Okay. Okay. You start babysitting them. I tell my daddy what to do all the time now. Oh, child. When the world's reversed and you got to start raising your parents, it's a whole different world out here. It's a... That's another podcast. Ooh, right. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. We could go on a whole tangent about raising parents. Lord have mercy. Um, yes. So let's switch gears. You told us about a time that helped you embrace your autonomy and your yearning. Um, tell us about a resource that helps you to embrace those things. So there's this book called Sabbath as Resistance that mm-hmm. was... Um, I feel like I've heard of the book when I was in seminary and this by Walter Brueggemann. And I was like, oh, but I was in seminary. We had a lot of books to read. I was like, mm, y'all want me to do leisure reading? <laughs> in seminary? What a joke. <laughs> when you basically told me that su- such and such could be such and such, I ain't going to say too much. I ain't trying to take people away from Jesus. <laughs> I ain't trying to take Jesus away from the people. But, you know, I was like, I'm not trying to read that. But their uh, pastor, Kalita Forbes, she um, suggested the book. And when I tell you that book, it's Sabbath. I wrote it down because it's a long title. It's called Sabbath as Resistance, Saying No to the Culture of Now. Mm-hmm. And I'll link it in the chat. And I mean, not the chat. Oh, Lord, this is the podcast, not Facebook. Jesus, I will link it in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out. It's such a great book because it basically helps you to maneuver away from functioning the way the world functions for always being busy and for always functioning like a machine essentially um and burning yourself out but from a um god-led spirit-led scriptural perspective we are not machines we are people Mm -hmm. and once i started reading this book and really you know, prioritizing my life around resting that forced me to be more intentional about what I do in the spaces I enter into that forced me to really take a look at my life and question and ask questions about the things that I have adopted about who I am and my identity. Is it based on who God says I am or is it based on this culture of working and overproducing even in the church space? Mm, that's good. Like, a lot of people be in these church spaces and be getting overworked and um, are not, their effectiveness, kingdom effectiveness starts waning because we have applied a, a worldly culture to what is supposed to be a spiritually, a spiritual separated, not separated in the terms of not interacting, but in a space that's supposed to show something different, Mm. right? Even though we know that the people that are coming to the space, they are in the world and they are working and doing blah, blah, blah. How do we provide a safe, a safe place of refuge? And that's so crazy. A place of refuge, not safe place, because that means I use the same word, kind of the same. (laughs) You know, people are grammar, grammar snobs, but How do we provide a space of refuge for people when they come from outside? 
And once I read this book, I was like, oh, I'm about to be real autonomous now. Uh, I'm, I'm still yearning. And that is a part of the yearning too, right? Like, because I'm resting, I am now, not only am I continuously yearning for Christ, I have invited Christ into every part of my being in my busy state and in my rest state. Mm -hmm. And when we rest, we get, we recharge. When we rest, we are refueled. But I have found that the more that I rest, the more that I can hear because it's not a million point two things going on around me anymore. And it has kept me away from entering into spaces that I don't have no business or need to be in. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm talking about me just as a human, not me as reverend, not me as preacher, as I work here, not me as this, that, and the third, me as a human being. I am resting. My body is at rest, which means that I am exercising stillness. And the reason why people find in their lives that things are a little chaotic sometimes is because they've never stopped to be still. Mm. For me, it's like the world around me can be losing it. But if I am still and calm in the midst of it, I am able to see what exactly is happening in the midst of the chaos. And I'll have a better mindset of how I engage in the world around me. But when I tell you that book, when I tell you people be, no no is a whole sentence like you can put a period an exclamation point like full stop that's it and that's what it made me think about when you when you talked about what the book means to you when you prioritize your rest and you are comfortable in saying no it makes you much more cautious of the things you say yes to you're much more intentional of the ways you show up because you realize every space is not your space Every, every ask is not for you to be there. Exactly. I don't, I don't have to show up every time I'm asked. I don't have to go every time I'm called because that might not be my space. If, if today is my Sabbath, if I'm resting and I said, I'm not doing no work today and your event is on that day, then that means I ain't supposed to be there. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't, you got to take that up with spirit. Cause spirit told me to be off and not right. on. Listen, and the, I, I tell people all the time now, take that up with God. <laughs> I told somebody that today. I was like, yeah, you're going to have to take that up with the Lord. Because it ain't got nothing to do with me at this point. It's above me now. And that was, that's what the people say. It's above me now. Way above me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that book suggestion. Um, like I said, I'll put it in the show notes if people want to check it out. And so as we prepare to wrap up today's conversation, which has been awesome and amazing, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else on your heart, on your mind that you would like to share with us before we close? Any final words? Yeah. So, you know, I told you I, I like to write stuff down. So I wrote this down. So I'm going to read exactly what I wrote. Um I wrote really quickly too. So praise the Lord for understanding my own handwriting. <laughs> uh, what I said was to always ensure that you have a deep understanding of self when engaging in various spaces and seasons of life, discern spaces that won't discern, be able to discern the spaces that basically won't allow you to bring your full self to them. And what that is an indication of is either that is a space that you should reject 
or that is a space that you have been called to to transform and shift and to change either way be you always just be you be your authentic self be be you be who god has designed and called you to be in all of your units i mean in today's society everybody trying to be anybody else or do it just be you yeah god only made one you so you busy trying to be somebody else the world is missing out on you and the world needs you just the way you are exactly Yes. Awesome. Thank you. That was a, that was an awesome final word. Um, let the people know how they can connect with you and all the wonderful things you have going on. How would you like to be found? It's so crazy because I've been told to go public with my social media and it just, it hurts me so bad. Um, well, I can be found on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Sophistafunk. It's spelled S O F I. S-T-A-P-H-U-N-K. Kudos for people who know where that where that comes from. Um, you can find my link tree on there, ways to connect and engage with me. Or you can email me at T period Brooks <laughs> at gmail.com. And you know, just hit me up. If it's just to say what's up, that's cool too. Shooter a line, shooter a line. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I will put all of Tiff's contact information in the show notes so you can hit her up on Instagram, check out that link tree, shooter a line on the email, all of those wonderful things. Um, I hope you have enjoyed this episode and I hope you will join us next time as we continue these conversations about having and embracing a sassy spirituality. Talk to you next time. Amen. Bye, y'all. I am grateful for the opportunity to share Digital Sacred Space with you. Um, We invite you to connect with this community. There are several ways that you can do that. The first is to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are currently listening. Go ahead and hit that subscription button. That way you'll know every time we post a new episode. And if you're listening on Apple or Amazon, please rate us and leave us a review. Those are super helpful and we would really appreciate it. A special shout out to all of our patrons. Patrons make the work we do here at Sassy Spirituality possible. The podcast is free, but it costs money to maintain. So we would love for you to support this work from your abundance. If you would like to join the Patreon community, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash I am Tierney J. And you can sign up there for whichever tier and amount is most comfortable for you. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Sassy Spirituality Pod or in our Facebook group, Sassy Spirituality Podcast. All of the links and handles will be available in the show notes. I want to say thank you so much for hanging out in the Sassy Spirituality community today. I look forward to continuing the journey of embracing the sassy elements of our spirituality. Talk soon. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.